Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard White Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama, Word of Faith, the Word Church. And we are talking this week about an issue that's been all over the news. We spent yesterday talking about domestic violence. And in the context of how a, a man is supposed to treat his wife, not just, well, I don't beat her up, so I'm okay. No, it it's, goes beyond that. And we've been talking about that issue because, I think, as we talked about yesterday, this is something that goes to every socioeconomic class. Uh-huh. It's not just the rich. It's not just the poor. It's everywhere in between. It's not just one race. It's not just one nationality. It's something that happens across the board. And it's a very serious issue in our country, a very serious issue um, in the church probably even. And you don't hear much about it in the church for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's because pastors just don't want to step on people's toes or we just want to pretend that it doesn't exist. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I think the things in the news have given us an opportunity here, at least for a few days, to talk about an issue that that is important enough that it needs to be talked about. It needs to be talked about in the sense of how a, a husband should treat his wife. And we talked yesterday, we started off, and we won't, we won't hit it so hard again today, but a lot of guys know the verse that says, wives submit to your husbands. Or they know the verse that says, the man's the head of the household. And they take those verses to mean that it's a headship of privilege, a headship of where he's the boss. He gets to tell everybody what to do, especially his wife. Um, you do what I say, woman, and and you do it now kind of attitude. The Bible goes way beyond that, and it talks about how a husband is to treat his wife and how a husband is to love his wife. And actually, the onus, I think, is greater on the husband than it ever was on the wife. And the responsibilities that are involved in that headship are much greater on the husband than they are on the wife. We, we mentioned yesterday, if your son or daughter can't read or write, men, you're responsible for that. The school didn't fail them. You failed them. Your wife didn't fail them. You failed them. Now, I know a lot of guys might have just got ready to turn the channel, turn that radio off, turn it to something that doesn't talk so harsh. But men, we are the head of the household. We're responsible for what happens in that household. And so it is a headship of responsibility, not a headship of privilege. It, it's wives submitting their husbands, not because he's the boss, not because he tells them what to do, but because that's what God's called us to submit one to another. And then men, we're to love our wives as lo- Christ loved the church, was willing to give himself up for the church. We need to be willing to give ourselves up for our wife and not just in the sense of, well, I'd stop a bullet. I'd step in front of somebody who was trying to kill her. I'd, I'd, I'd do whatever it takes to protect her that way. No, give yourself up in, in your words that you don't always have to have the last word, that you don't have to, to say those mean things that you sometimes say, that you don't always have to have everything go your way. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, we hear commercials about you deserve a break today. 
We hear commercials about, you deserve to have it your way. And maybe I guess if I go to Burger King, I do deserve to have it my way. I can tell them however I want to have it. But you know what? That doesn't work in real life. I don't deserve to have everything go my way all the time in life. And yet people hear those commercials and those kind of things over and over and over, and they start to believe it. Yeah, I really do deserve to have everything my way. Yeah, I really do deserve to eat whatever I want and everybody else just has to like it. I really do deserve to, we're going to go on vacation where I want to go and forget where you want to go. And we're going to do what I want to do and forget what you want to do because I deserve a break today. I deserve to have things my way. It's not what the Bible talks about, men. The Bible talks about we're to love our wives as Christ loved the church and was willing to give himself up for her. It doesn't say that Christ loved the church and he always had to have his way. Was willing to give himself up. Was willing to die for her. Uh-huh. Men, we need to be willing to die for our wives, not just in a literal I'll stop a bullet for her sense, but in a sense of I don't always have to win. I don't always have to be right. I don't always have to have my way. Yeah, Richard, you said a mouthful. <laughs> you said a mouthful. And, and I was just, as you were speaking, I was just thinking about what we said yesterday about uh, not so learning Christ. Again, we have to always remember the scripture says Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He says in Matthew 11, come learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burdens are light. And we read yesterday in Ephesians, he talks about putting on this new person, this new man. And just before that, he said, you have not so learned Christ. If you've been taught by him, you would be doing the things like him. What does it say? Uh, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That's where all truth about any situation or circumstance is in Jesus. And as I was just thinking about all those scriptures, I was led over here to uh 2 Corinthians verse chapter 3 verse 14 through uh 18. And he, and he again he says, "But their minds were blinded." And and we have to just realize, you know, especially and I, I believe I hope I'm talking to Christians. Our minds were blinded. Some of them are still blinded until we get illuminated by the truth. Blind means ignorance, a not knowing, darkness, until we get illuminated by the truth, and then we're set free. Because if I keep reading this, he says, where well, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And, and I'm just going to read down verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the, the veil or the darkness or the ignorance is taken away, if you desire him to take it all away. Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. See, we're, we're to be the glory of the Lord. He said we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the, Spirit of the Lord. So God desires that we grow up to look like Christ. I can't see nowhere in Christ, in the scripture with Christ, and no, he didn't have a wife and children. But I don't see where he was belittling women and hitting people and being violent to people other than when he went in the temple and did his thing. But other than that, uh, he didn't hurt anybody. Even when Peter tried to cut the ear off, Jesus healed it. 
And again, the scripture says we're being transformed into that image. And that's what we're supposed to be looking like. You know, men and women, we're supposed to be looking more and more like Christ because we're being transformed into his image, to that glory. And we have to always self-examine. We have to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. You know, if you're still being violent towards your spouse, that's not being in the faith. And you're, God desires us to grow up into Christ Jesus. He said he's building us up and uh, that the word uh, allows us to grow. So as you, we're partaking of the word of God, we should grow up into the husband or the wife that God desires us to be. And anything that we thought previous to getting born again, which probably 90% of it was a lie, I mean, not the truth, because it came from the, the kingdom of darkness, which Satan rules, <laughs> the God of this world who blinds the mind. So you have to allow some things to get uprooted. Like, yeah, what I say go. No, you got to up, uproot that belief and let the word of God cut it out. Right, you might have learned your whole life that that's the way a man's supposed to be. Right. A man's supposed to, you know, right. rule with an iron fist. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, talking to a family member one time. I was talking to my nephew about, uh, he just got married. He was 19, 20 years old, just got married. And I'm telling him how to ha have a, a Christian marriage with his young bride. And his mom was a Christian too, but a carnal Christian. You know, she had Bibles strategically in her house, but didn't study none of them. So I'm telling him, you know, how to treat his wife, how to treat his wife. Because, you know, he had some stinking thinking. Some, his mind needed was needed to be renewed, especially concerning marriage. So I'm um, being his uncle and an elder in the body of Christ. I'm sharing some things with him about being a husband and how to relate to his wife. And he received it, but his mom was always his dominant influence. His dad passed at an earlier age. And his mom, which was off the hook, but she was his dominant influence. So I told him, first of all, keep your mother out your marriage. That's rule number one. Because that's the two shall become one, not you, your mama. You probably got yourself pretty popular with her, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, we already, yeah. yeah. Anyway, like I say, carnal Christian. So anyway, he say he went and told his mom that. I told my mom, you know, but God put together no man should tear apart. We become one. And she said, I don't care what the Bible said. I'm your mama. <laughs> there you go. And, and she was a Christian. Now, she told her son, she don't care what the Bible said. I'm your mama. You listen to me, not the word of God. So we got people, Christians out there that are doing this type of stuff. And today, yes, they're divorced. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, so I just say, you know, grow in the knowledge of the Lord's will. Well, you know, and the point there is. It can be your mama, it can be your dad, it can be your sister, it could be your aunt, it could be your anybody. uncle, it could be, be television. Movies. It could be television, it could be movies, it could be the newspaper. Sports figures. If if they're telling you something other than what God says, if it's not Push what it aside. God says, Push it gotta, aside. Yeah, you can't take it. Mm -mm. It's, it's not for you. Because right. you're a new creation. Right. You're being transformed into his image. Right. And and yeah, it may sound good. It may sound yeah, like sound real wisdom, good. <laughs> but if it's not what God says. Remember? There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's death. So you don't want to be wise in your own opinion. Well, and that's what he says in Romans, mm -hmm. or 1 Corinthians, rather. Excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he talks about if a man's wise in this world's wisdom, he should consider himself to be a fool mm -hmm. and listen to God's wisdom. Right. We, it is so easy to hear man's wisdom and, and the things that man says, and they sound good on the surface, 
But they're not what God says. Well, the scripture says the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Right. So God's going to tell you something that may not seem wise according to what the world has programmed you to think. Well, as simple as the world says, watch out for number one. And God says, esteem others ahead of yourself. It's exactly the opposite of what I was just reading today, this morning, said Jesus said, it is better to give than to receive. That's not the world's dirt. Give preference to one another. Just what you were saying. The world says, no, it's better to, to receive. Right. Let's lift you put up. Put me on top. <laughs> yeah, put me on top. You know, let me be the head. You know, yeah, I'm the man. Right. The world taught you that, and a lot of that stinking thinking has to get uprooted once you come into the knowledge and of Christ. And as you were saying before, it doesn't matter who tells you that. It could be your mom. If it's not what God right. says, you got to say, you know what, Which, mom, I'm not listening to that. Right, right, right. And again, that, that's wisdom from God. And we just have to make those corrections. Scripture says in 2 Timothy 3, all scripture all, or, or all the word of God is, is Holy Spirit inspired, inspired by God, and is profitable for, for teaching, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I tell everybody this, this Bible is uh, the creator's hand, handbook. It's our owner's manual. And all we have to do is go in there and we have the Holy Spirit in us. He bears witness to the truth of God's word. Ask him to, to teach us. Teach us to be like you. David said it. Lord, search my heart. You know, and root out anything that's not of you in in me. So we have to ask God to, to uproot some things and allow him to do that. Especially when it comes to beliefs. What we believe previous to the truth. Well, that's being conformed to the likeness of this world. Right. You know, we've heard all this stuff in the world. And this goes back to, once again, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul says, don't you know you are God's temple and that the Holy Spirit indwells in you? Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit indwells in us. This is, this is how you're able to change. This is how you're able to, to live a life that God wants us to live. When you read about Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. It's not as if God just says, okay, that's now try to figure that out on your own. Now try to do that on your own. No, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to do that. He says that the Spirit indwells in you. So he says, so I say to you, live by the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. Don't listen to your own stinking thinking. I love it when you say that. Don't listen to your own thinking. Don't listen to your own wisdom. Don't listen to the world's wisdom. Listen to the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. And when you live by the Spirit, you'll be able to love your wife as Christ loved the Man, church. And that's back to lean not, Proverbs 3, 5. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Him is His Word, the Word of God, are one. So acknowledge God by what He said in His Word. And then the Scripture says, and He will direct your path. God will direct your path through His Word. Yeah, we have to understand that. And so yesterday we touched just for a minute on verse 28 there in Ephesians chapter 5. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. He goes on later there to, to in verse 31, to talk about what was said in Genesis. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and the two be united and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is what you're talking about, um, not letting your mom or your dad or anybody else into the wedding, into the marriage. It's between they a man and a woman. They can come to the wedding. You can let them come to right. the wedding. They can come to the wedding. <laughs> no, that, well, that right. reminds me of a story. I once did a wedding where at the rehearsal, the mom was 
like it was hers. And the bride actually came to me and said, can you talk to my mom and tell her to be quiet that this is my wedding? I actually wow. had to take the mom aside at the rehearsal and say, you've overstepped your bounds according to your daughter and you need to start being quiet. I wasn't real popular with the mom. But this is how people can inject themselves into something that doesn't have anything to do with them. It, the two become one flesh. And and what one man what God has put together, let no man put asunder. And so once they've been united like that, you leave your father and mother, be united to your wife. He says, then because of that, no one ever hated his own body. No one ever hated it, but he feeds and he cares for it. Uh-huh. That's what that's how we're to treat our wife. The same way we would treat ourselves. What do we want? And, and I had somebody ask me that. Well, what does that exactly mean? What do you want for yourself? And you know what the reality of that is? You always want what's best for you. Right. That's what you want. That's what it would mean to love yourself or to take care of somebody like you would yourself. What do you want for yourself? You want what's best for you. Always. That's how you're to treat your wife. What's the best? For her, that's what I want for her always. Now, even as good Christian men, do we sometimes miss the mark? If my wife was here and grabbed a mic, she'd say he doesn't always do that. She'll say, praise the Lord. (laughs) Yeah, praise (laughs) the Lord. I hope he's listening to what he's just talking about. We're not talking about you never miss the mark. We're not talking about you're always perfect. Well, the scripture says he's perfecting those who are being perfected. But here's the key to that, too. Don't use the fact that you're not perfected yet as an excuse to stay where you are. Right, right. I I tell people, and it's not just about this. This is about any sin in your life. You hear people say, well, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. You're not perfect either. And that's true. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody is. But don't use that an excuse to stay where you are. God wants to perfect you. He wants to conform you to the likeness of his son. So, yes, you say, you know what? I, I don't always, you know, I, I know that I'm supposed to always want what's best for my wife that second. And maybe I don't always do that. Maybe, maybe I wanted what was best for me in that second instead of what was best for her. Yet at the same time. Don't use that as an excuse to stay where you are because God does want to conform you to the likeness of his son. He does want to perfect you. He does want to make it so. And hopefully what you can do as a man is say, you know what? I am much more willing to give myself up for my wife than I was when I first got married or I was five years ago or whatever. Well, in any way, Richard, back to what we were saying, doing just before the broadcast, you asked me a question about the African-American community, and I think it, it fits in every community. And, and you should ask yourself, especially if you're a father and you have kids, especially if you have daughters, would you want somebody, another man, to treat your daughter like that? And the answer 100% is going to be no. So why would you participate in something that you don't want happening to your children. And again, I tell guys that because I've seen guys around here and where we live in Chico that do, you know, abuse their spouses physically 
And I'm like, well, you have sisters. You have a little daughter now because they have a baby together. So if you have a daughter, do you want her to have a guy like you when she gets old enough to date? you want her to date a guy like you? And, and most of the time the answer is no. So why are you promoting that now? Because it still is what a man sows, that's how he also reaps. And unfortunately what happens is a lot, that little daughter sees the mom getting beat up. And thinks it's normal. That's just the way it'll be. Normal. I, I, I've seen it generationally. They, that's normal. And yeah. then she'll get a guy that'll do the same thing because that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's normal to have a guy disrespect me verbally and physically. And we got to come out of that, especially as Christians. Christ has redeemed us from any and all curses that the blessing may be upon us. And again, we want to let our light so shine and we want to be pleasing to the Father in every area. And, and we have to be perfected. We have to allow the word of God to correct us. You have to use God's word as your manual, as a blueprint. Because, it, it, again, it's the creator's it's the handbook. And it's for us to utilize. So, again, hopefully some pastors out here will address this subject because it's happening in the body of Christ, too. So we have to talk about these things as leaders, ministry leaders. That's our job is to shepherd the sheep. And if you know sheep are running amok, it's your job to, to speak on it. It is, because we're going to be held accountable if we don't. If we know it's happening, and I know a lot of congregations, ministry leaders, they won't speak on certain subjects because they don't want to lose people. We don't you know, want to offend anyone. Yeah, or offend anyone. Yeah. Well, the gospel is offensive. Jesus offended a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, with the truth. Because he says, I am the truth, the way and the life. He didn't life. set out to offend them, but yeah, that's but, what happened. Yeah, yeah well, well, once truth come up, bump up against a lie... You usually get offended. <laughs> yes, but you shall know the truth. And I'm going to say you should receive the truth. And it will set, It'll set you, you free. free. And that's what everybody wants to be free. They want to be free. Well, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save See, yourself. And, and, you know, I think we touched on this just a little bit yesterday. It is so important for people to understand that if, if you're listening and, and you're an abuser, or in a relationship where you're abusing somebody, whether that's physically or verbally or however it might be, you don't have to stay there. Yeah. We are not saying, as you hear this, if you find yourself in that, we are not saying, well, that's just the way you're always going to be. You're just a terrible person. We're saying there's an answer to it. And that answer is found in Jesus Christ. That answer is in asking him to forgive you. That's in, That answer is in asking him to be your savior. That answer is in having the Holy Spirit indwell in you. That is the answer to all man's sin. We just happen to be talking about this one specific one the last couple of days, but that is the answer to all of man's sin. It's all found in Jesus. He is the answer. Man has a sin problem. Yeah. It's, a, it's <laughs> you know. And it manifests we, itself in a variety of right. ways. And, and he's always had a sin problem. And now your sin might be different than mine and somebody else is different than yours, but man has a sin problem. And it is a problem that can't be fixed outside Natural. of Jesus Christ. Right. You can't go to the store and buy a fix for it. You can't go to the doctor and get a prescription for a fix for it. The, the answer to man's sin problem is only found in one place. There's an old country song. You say looking for love in all the wrong places. 
man has been looking for peace. He's been looking for comfort. He's been looking for an answer to sin in all the wrong places. The answer is only going to be found in Jesus Christ. People look for it in alcohol. They look for it in drugs. They look for it in sex. They look for it in work. They look for it in power. They look for it in TV. They look for it in all kinds of places. The answer is only going to be found in Jesus Christ. And the scripture says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh. So as you put on Christ, receive him and receive all that he has through his wisdom and revelation, you'll get set free because he says, whom the son set free. Well, you know, earlier we talked about he's no respecter of persons. And that works in the positive sense, too, because he's not going to say, oh, you're no good. Oh, I don't you're you're not good enough. Oh, you're not well, you the right what? color. Oh, you're not the right nationality. You don't even have to be saved to receive deliverance in, in, in areas because the scripture says the goodness of the Lord leads one to repentance. If you have a desire to to receive what God has, we know it throughout the scriptures, people wasn't saved and Jesus, they had a Jesus encounter. They wasn't saved. They probably were saved after the miracle. I'm pretty sure they followed him after, but previous to that, they were just, you know, going about their merry ways with their ailments, with their sin condition. And they had a God encounter through Jesus, and he hooked them up. He delivered. He set free. And then they clung. They, they started drawing near to the one and only true God. And that's the difference between Christianity, which I refer to as the truth, and religion. Religion can't manifest miracles, signs, and wonders. Only the truth. Well, it can have a form of godliness. Yeah. have the power <laughs> Yeah, Because, yeah. again, we're talking about that. You know, people showing up at churches on Sundays, and that all this dysfunction is happening in their house. You know, some guys got to have a good argument just before they get to church. Just let me have a real good one. You know, they fuss and argue from sun up to sun down. They fuss all the way to church. We ain't never did that. <laughs> they fussed <laughs> all the way to church because they got to get a fussy and they got a fussing spirit. And you have to put that thing to death. You have to cut it off at the root, not the surface. And, and again, that's what these step programs, they do it at the surface. But Christ is able to go down to the root and root that thing out. And then you'll he'll expose to you how he got in too. Once you know how the enemy has been breaking in your house, you learn how to shut that thing down. <laughs> <laughs> you know to put some security on them though. Oh, that's how this mouse been getting in. Yeah. And that's what God will do. He will show you how to work. But anyway, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of word or faith. And we don't remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.